You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Uh, not too bad. And yourself? Good, good. We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. It's been exhausting for me, but things are going going well. We might have a couple more sponsors coming up soon, which is exciting. But today... Uh, I don't know what's been what's been up with you, Mike. What uh, what have you been? We've been doing. No, just hanging out, playing Nintendo. Nice. So the Parents Guide game. Uh, how we always kick this thing off. Uh, I've got your your first game or your your only game <laughs> set up right now. So I, I guess I'll I guess I'll go in with that in profanity, Mike. Yes. It says, uh, nonstop strong language. Huh. Clerks. No. How about uh, irreverent jokes about sex, pedophilia, and homosexuality? Huh. Let's see. Garfield the movie. That's close. Uh, one more in profanity, and the other one I can't read because it absolutely just gives away the entire thing. But a uh, hundred and fifty-four uses of fuck, twenty uses of bitch, seventy-two uses of shit, and fifty-seven uses of ass. Idiocracy. It's a lot of fucks. No, no, no. Now under violence and gore, let's see if I can read any of them. Uh, let's see. A man posing as a teen punches a teen boy hard in the face, knocking him down. Oh, I know what this is now. This is, uh, 21 Jump Street. Yeah, that's right. The other thing of profanity was, uh, the entire movie is literally centered around a drug called Holy Fucking Shit. (laughs) Yeah. I, I knew it was going to be tough. There there were not a lot of good, just absolutely dr- general ones with that one. Sure. This one, I, I feel like I might have done this before, but the one I was going to do had so little clues, I have to do this one. All right. Johnny Dangerously. You know what's funny is I actually was, that was literally the first one I picked, but there were so little clues, I, I went to a different one. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's like four clues for Johnny Dangerously. That's awesome. See, several women are shown in revealing outfits that accentuate their cleavage, including several instances of storing items in their cleavage. Huh. Several women. Let's see. Austin Powers. No, that is not Austin Powers. All right. Good guess, though. I feel that you're just pandering to me. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> actually, actually, you know, it's actually not far off, which won't make sense until you find out what it is. Okay. A man says he has his, quote, hand up her skirt, and I'm going for the unquote before he is cut off. He is talking about decrypting data. Huh. Is it um, Mission Impossible? No. Okay. 
Several men are shot inside a building by another man. Hmm. Well, I know it's not die hard. Um, German for the hard. Right, exactly. But uh, in a building. Uh, it's not um, Rampage, is it? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Remember when we read those? President Down. A man smashes a car window with his fist. Hmm. Is it the Terminator? No. Okay. A man viciously slaps a woman. Oh, it's vicious. Not the playful sexual slapping kind. Uh, Robocop. That was another one I was going to pick, but then I think you did that one recently, so I uh, decided no. All right. Let's see. Hmm. Decrypting data. Hmm. A man grabs a doctor as a human shield and throws a scalpel at a guard, killing him. He then breaks a doctor. Face off? No. Okay. Oh, is this uh, Total Recall? Nope. Okay, fuck. A man chases another man on foot and then on horseback with lots of gunfire occurring. Oh, I know what it is now. It's uh, True Lies. That is correct. Yeah, that's a great one. Great movie. That is a good movie. Yep. The horseback, that's... Yeah, I figured that would give it away. Classic. And he's arguing with a horse for being a bad police officer. Yeah. So weird. I imagine I imagine most horses are bad police officers. Yeah, pretty much. They don't they don't care about their oath. Uh, I don't know if you recall last week or not when uh, my clue was. Uh, I don't remember anything about on last the week. second version of it. It was hot fuzz. Yeah, yeah. And I remember we found that that random like oh look there's some accidental genitalia. Yeah. Uh, Matt came over yesterday to hang out, and I told him about that. And like literally within two minutes, he was trying to look up hot fuzz. He's like, oh man, it's not on Netflix anymore. <laughs> He's like really, and he somehow got a, he got to the scene, which I don't even know what scene it was. Like within like ten minutes, he's like, "Oh, that's that's not a penis. That's like a fake thing in the guy's hand." Why is he so obsessed? I don't know. And then he's like, "Well, it could be. It's kind of a bad image, so he's still on the fence." But yeah, I, I don't understand the obsession. But he was he was on it like white on rice, <laughs> or as your uh, your cheater of a father might say, a hobo on a ham sandwich. That's correct. Yes, that was one of his favorite. Friends. Yeah, I really like that. That really does kind of express a, a good deal of urgency. A hobo and a ham sandwich. Oh, yeah. Back in his day, uh, people were just walking around with bindles. Yeah, they were like, hob- hobos were a real threat to uh, something that could happen to you, I think. Absolutely. You didn't want to get knifed by a hobo for a can of beans. Or a ham sandwich. No, no, never. But, uh... Let's just do this the rest of the, the rest of the podcast. Just go. Okay. Uh, um, hey, actually, I guess since uh, this might be a good enough time to do it, we, my my daughter and I, my my very youngest Bella, uh, she insisted because I have my my setup here. You know what, what we use to record. I've got everything set up, all the microphones and everything, and uh, one day. The yesterday actually she came up and she said i want to do a podcast with you and i want to talk about my favorite show 
So it's a, ne- a show on Netflix called 12. So she, uh, I recorded about six minutes with her. So I think I'll just insert that into the podcast. So uh, uh, this is the point where I'm going to edit in uh, Bella's Corner. Today's podcast will be about my favorite show. What's your favorite show? I don't know what it's called. Oh, we have to, we have to discover your favorite show. Okay, well let's let's see if we can figure out what Bella's favorite show is. I guess we should introduce ourselves. My name is Mark, and with me is a special guest, Bella, who is just uh, a lovely girl that I had a date with today. We went to McDonald's and played in the play place. Was that fun, Bella? Yes. So, you were saying that you like being in here because you like the fan. You're a fan of fans. <laughs> You're a fan fan. Yes. What a... <laughs> what did you say to me when I said you were a fan fan? I said, this guy, I don't get this guy. <laughs> oh, we can't, we can't clear that song. So <laughs> no way we're keeping that. But, uh, all right. I'm going to go on your Netflix. Okay. Okay. And, and I'm going to see. Show. Well, I'm going to see if we can figure out what show you're talking about that is your favorite show. Uh, this this kind of, it hooks into Massive Late Fee because on Massive Late Fee we talk about streaming shows and oh. movies and streaming services like Netflix, like Hulu. So, is it... Uh, I see it. Yes, it's this. 12 Forever. The, the name of the show that is now your favorite show is 12 Forever. Turn it on. Well, we can't watch 12 Forever on a podcast. Okay, but... but I'm, my, my question, I suppose, is what is 12 Forever about and what do you like about it? Well, it's this very awesome show. Yeah. It it has like a, a lot of detail and like there's this place where she, where she goes with this little amulet uh-huh. that she has. It looks like a key. Okay. And she like goes to that place when when she has no fun, which is basically every day. Interesting. Okay. So it looks like it was created by Julia Vickerman. Are you familiar with Julia Vickerman's work? Bella. Julia Vickerman. She's the name of the the person that created the show that you like. Oh, so, so you mean, am I familiar with the show? Are you familiar with other things that she's done? Um, no, because I don't know how to read. So, Julia Vickerman uh, was born August 31st, 1984. So, she is uh, quite a bit younger than me. And she is a Virgo, apparently. So are you. 
I am? You're also a Virgo, yes. I'm watching a Virgo's Virgo show. <laughs> I, I'm a Virgo, and I'm watching a Virgo show. So wow. she has written, uh, let's see, um, Yo Gabba Gabba. She wrote an episode of that. Radlands. Never heard of it. Uh, the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, she, I watched that. She wrote several episodes of that. I am ra- I am familiar with the Powerpuff Girls. Okay. And she also was a director on a TV series called Clarence. She directed 16 episodes of that. She's worked in the animation department of uh, several different uh, things. She worked on Community. She was a character Wait, designer. I- that show once. What, Yo Gabba Gabba? Yeah. I'm familiar with Yo Gabba Gabba. Okay. She also did uh, animation for Super, which uh, is a very good movie starring Rain Wilson. So, yeah, she uh, she's she's got a good track record. Uh, and you say now, is this, would you call this sort of a surreal show? Or is it is it straightforward? What do you think? Do you, is it kind of weird? Is what I mean. Like, so does the show get weird, or is it basically just normal? It's not normal. It's a cool imaginated world. Okay. Kind of in her head, I think. Uh-huh. Like, and she draws pictures of it, so I think it's that in her head, imaginated. Okay, I gotcha. All right, that sounds good. Uh, So the voice cast, you know, pretty talented. We've got Kelsey Abbott uh, as Reggie. I know. I am familiar with Reggie. What about Wade? Who's Wade? Which one's Wade? One of of the other people. Uh, I think it's the boy. I I think I'm familiar with Wade. uh, Anthony Del Rio as Todd. That is Todd. So she is him. She oh, okay. is the name. Okay. I am familiar with Todd. That other name. Jalen Barron is Esther. Esther. Pretty please. Oh, I'm not familiar Tater with tops. the other one. I'm familiar with Esther. What about the butt witch? <laughs> she calls her that. Yeah. She, she's a monster. She's mean. She's greedy. I saw an episode last night, and she tried to cap, um, like, um, like, Gabby, Gabby. Yeah, yo, Gabby, yeah, Gabby, okay. Um, like, actually that. Okay. I watched the show of it uh-huh. last night, and she tried to cap, um, what is her name again? Todd? No, not Todd. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I forgot. Okay, the main character. Um, one of the main characters. Right. Um, she tried to, um, like, like, trap her in a castle. In a huge In a castle? castle? Yeah, like, with this speller. That sounds awful. But, like, a very entertaining show, too. So, that's 12 forever. Uh, you want to talk about anything else before we uh, we get going here? Um, yes, I would like to talk about 
Gabba Gabba? Yo Gabba Gabba? Yes, I remember some parts. I just don't remember the names and stuff, you know. Okay. I just remember. Well, I just remember. Well, let's save Yo Gabba Gabba for next time. Okay. Uh, but for now, for now, this has been this has been Bella Corner, uh, where we talk about the stuff that Bella likes to watch, and uh, we will see you next time. Say bye. Bye. <laughs> and there you go. Um, and if you want to invite any of your kids to uh, record with you for uh, their corners, you can do that too. No, that's good. I'm good. <laughs> Mike well, the, is the, Mike doesn't feel as strongly as I do about using uh, everyone in my life for content. <laughs> oh, the first one, oh, my oldest would just talk about anime, like at like you know at a uh, 132 beats a minute at her as her voice. Oh my god, anime, Tiki Toby, my hero academia. That that's what that would. That's exactly how Ava is too. Ava's huge into anime, and she talks incredibly quickly. Right, and then the youngest one is uh, a psychopath, so she'd be talking about killing things and like dragons and shit for like. Uh, an hour. Maybe, but wait, we should have her on that. <laughs> that sounds very interesting. I feel that it would be used as evidence later at a later date. So oh, I'm okay. not going to put that on her. She, uh, my my daughter walked in and she said she, she was a fan of she that she liked the fan. That we have in our room, and With I said Wesley Snipes. Oh, I think with the Wesley Snipes, uh, Robert De Niro movie. Right. No, I said, I said, oh, you're you're a fan of that fan. You're a fan fan. And then she looked at me and she goes, I don't know what to do with this guy. So <laughs> I was like, all right, let's, uh, you know, you want to record? Let's record. You know, you you're gonna give it back. Uh, you know, we got back and forth, and let's do it. <laughs> um. I I don't know. Did you watch anything uh, interesting this week? I watched a couple. Yeah, actually, of I watched a show. I, I had seen a little bit of it before, but I was only paying attention with my wife. And then yesterday, I just you know watched. I think the entire series, which is like six, six like twenty minute episodes, if that long. Uh-huh. It's called uh, I Think You Should Leave. It's uh, with this guy named Tim Robbins, maybe Tim Robinson. I don't remember which. Yeah. Uh, there was a, there was a show called The Detroiters a couple years. Mm-hmm. Ago. He was one of the stars and creators of that. Yeah, I uh I was I I haven't seen it yet. Um Tim Tim Robinson's I think you should leave, but I um I did watch the Detroiters and you know, I I I liked that a lot and obviously it's you know, close to our hearts because it's, you know, from people that live around here and uh, you know, made uh around here. Yeah, I think uh my wife says from Clarkston. Um it's, it was there's a lot of really funny like sketches on it. It was it was all it's all a, it's a sketch comedy show. I think they're like some weird length, like fifteen or seventeen minutes each. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it, I, I watched them all like in one sitting. Uh, my friend Matt, you know, after he got his uh, nutsack fix, <laughs> uh, he was watching it too. But he was also I don't know what the hell he was doing to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. But it, uh, I liked a lot of the sketches. I felt that he kind of relied on just like yelling absurd things. Like that's kind of like where most of the sketches ended up, which. You know, it's funny at first, but then every sketch is like, yeah, okay. But, I mean, the, the premises were pretty good. Um, yeah. My favorite <laughs> was it was like a funeral. And um, and for some reason, the, the regular organist wasn't available. So they had uh, they got Fred Willard, like, to show up. <laughs> He's, he, but he was playing, like, a character, almost like, like a wacky, like, carnival organist. Uh-huh. So he did all the weird, like, woo-woo, like, sounds like that. Right. And they'd just be playing away, like, all happily. Like, he'd throw these plates on the ground as part of his uh, song. 
it's really like just if in fact if you uh, if you you look on my Facebook because you're my Facebook friend, uh, mm-hmm. I posted it just because it's so like it's just a weird sketch. It's like really kind of hilarious. It's like a, like you know abstractly not even you know part of reality. I'll definitely have to check that out. That sounds interesting. I like Fred Willard a lot. Uh, some of his not if you're sitting in front of him in a movie theater, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's true. Some of his, uh, yeah. Then you, is, you, that a, is that a leak? You gotta wear, you gotta wear a poncho if you're sitting. By. It's like you're in the front row of Gallagher uh, shows. <laughs> he carries a. Uh, he's he he redefines the term wide load. <laughs> he's like, well, I'm not smashing any fruits, but I'm busting a couple nuts. <laughs> oh, poor Fred Willard. Although I did have to point out, uh, my wife and I talked about this yesterday. I'm pretty sure it was an adult theater, which, in my opinion, makes it way more okay. Yeah, it was the same thing. Like, it's with... like he was watching like fucking a Frozen two and just like you know pumping off uh, next to a bunch of kids or anything. <laughs> oh, Anna, <laughs> I will let it go. <laughs> oh God, I let it go right all over the back of this seat. Um, yeah, it, it it was the same thing with Paul Rubens. He was in an adult yeah, theater. See, I think Paul Rubens, even at the time, and I, I mean, what was it, nineteen ninety? I was like, oh, like nine that. or ten. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought you thought what it was a pornography thing at the time. For mm-hmm. Yeah, reason later, like a normal, like I mean. I mean, that's not my thing to go and whack off at like an adult movie theater, but I think most of the people at the adult movie theaters are whacking off. Yeah, I, I don't see any other reason to go. I mean, I've never been to an adult theater, so, you know, I, mean, I haven't done that it was either. like the early 90s, so they didn't have, you know, VHS and DVD and Blu-ray and all right. that shit, but yeah. I, and the internet. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, uh, oh, yeah, we got the virtual reality, too. So um, I asked my wife, now I haven't done this, but I asked my wife hey if i watched like pornography on the virtual reality is that cheating and uh she says yes she believes that how that it is cheating how, i don't understand that, that that always makes no sense to me like how how is that cheating it's not like you're you know virtual it's just like a watching a video or looking at a picture well that's that's what i was thinking now i haven't done it so i don't know exactly what it looks like but that's what i was thinking sure you have it. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I know she listens, Mark. You don't have to. You don't have to convince me. I, I, I got you. You didn't watch a second of that. Yet. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're going through fucking that Jurgen's lotion at your house, like you know, a bottle a week, but uh, no relation. You just, it's just very dry this time of year. It is. It is. My skin is so dry. Um, but uh, that was an odd way of saying that. I've got a, I've got a poncho in my. Uh... <laughs> but anyway, so. Um, she thinks that it's more because we've done, uh, like we've we've done some of the 360 videos on YouTube and stuff like that. Like, uh, gone to Paris. Well, we haven't gone, but you know, like done Paris or or Vegas or something like that. And you you walk around and you look around and it really it really does kind of. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but it kind of feels like you're there. And she was like, "Yeah, it's too much of an experience. It's like like instead of just watching it, it's more of a." experience so she doesn't want me to do it so i said yeah okay i don't care you, you can practically hear the anti-semitic slurs as you walk through the uh well-lit streets of paris exactly uh, <laughs> exactly there was a couple there was a a uh, couple of muslim women uh wearing uh burkas at the uh at the beach and they were getting escorted out <laughs> they were being told that they had to take their driver's license without their uh their things in. exactly but uh That's yeah so paris. 
What was I talking about before we started talking about pornography? Oh, what we were uh, watching. Fred Willard. Oh yeah, that's right, Fred Willard. So I, I used to now the kids kids at home. Uh, I'll explain who Fred Willard is. Um, there used to be a, a show on television. Uh, let me explain what television. No, uh, called Fernwood Tonight, and it starred uh, um, what's his name, Mo- Martin Martin Mole. Martin Mole. Yeah, Martin Mole and Fred Willard was like his sidekick. It was a fake, a fake uh, talk show basically. And Fred Willard was the perfect dumb guy. Like he he is the perfect. Now he obviously doesn't have a ton of range because he rarely plays against that type. But he's the perfect idiot for any kind of comedy thing. Which, uh, which Norm Macdonald would claim is the bright thing to do because I don't know if you've heard him say like you know Letterman's a genius because he plays like the dumb guy because no one wants to yeah. be the smart guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Martin Mole, I, I don't think Martin Mole could play an idiot. He's like just like a genius on so many levels. Like he's like mm-hmm. a brilliant painter. He's you know he's a brilliant musician. Yep. He's a you know com- you know I'm, I'm not a big fan of his comedy style, but a lot of people just love it. You know. And, and he's, he's a like, he's a good actor. I mean, just like uh, yeah, he's, separate he's from the actor. comedy, he's he's you know he's a pretty good actor. Yeah, it's like his comedy is really not my style that I like, but yeah, I can appreciate his you know mm-hmm. accomplishments. Yeah, he's he's definitely and Fernwood tonight. Is, and that's the thing is if I watch I haven't seen it in years and years but if I I watch it now I might not find it as funny because his his comedy style is definitely like mid to late 70s comedy style he's like yeah Nixon <laughs> gets a five minute standing ovation ooh what a burn uh pardon me what are you Gerald Ford <laughs> Laugh rack goes off. Yeah, uh, well, I was thinking uh, we should do like we should do a retrospective on the kids in the hall because I've been thinking about the kids in the hall a lot lately. I, absolutely, I'm definitely down for that. I love the kids in the hall. And I think it'd be funny to uh, like. Unfortunately, none of them are touring by here, but it'd be great if like a uh, Bruce was coming like into town for some mm-hmm. reason. And you showed up at the show like all decked out in like Detroit gear, and you claim you're the Detroit kid here to uh, take his uh, crown. <laughs> that would be awesome. They're so neat. I love all, all their sketches are great. I mean, yeah, they have a few reoccurring characters, which I don't particularly like for the most part. Like Cabbage Head, mm-hmm. I never cared for him. Yeah. Um, Gavin was kind of okay, but I mean, I got really like the the I'm pinching you guy that wore off very quickly for me. Yeah, the chicken, the chicken lady. Man, really, it seems like it seems like uh, Mark did a lot of the recurring characters, and I just didn't care for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Like, like Hecubus and Simon, those those two were pretty funny. Yeah, they didn't seem to appear too often. The late. What about the 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 ladies that work at the office? I can't remember the. Yeah, names. Uh, what is it? They're all Kathy's, right? Yeah, that's right, Kathy's. Yeah. I also said the Helens, but that's a different sketch entirely. Yeah, they're okay. I'm not a huge fan of them. Um, really, the only reoccurring character I really really like is Buddy Cole because he's just like Scott Thompson is just hilarious in yeah. that character every time he does it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he was touring around, uh, but he didn't come here, unfortunately. No, unlike Fred Willard, he didn't come. <laughs> <laughs> at a theater in Detroit. Well, I guess someone in front of him was like complaining their day. Oh, I thought this was dinner and a movie. Like, oh, well, here's some here's some liquids for the drink. <laughs> That's not, you don't find that in a movie meal. No, no, not at all. Although I tell you, uh, it would uh, it would make the popcorn more salty, probably. 
Yeah, probably. As uh, the late Mike Shane would say. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I. I. Okay. This is just for us. No. None of you guys know what we're talking about or don't care or whatever. I. I saw that he died. Do you know what happened? I. I thought it said a long d- disease. I didn't. You know, yeah. I I, I. I. I lost track of you know friendship with him a while ago. So I didn't really inquire into his you know father. I mean, I can speculate what a long disease means. I mean, yeah, it, it could be a lot of things, really. But yeah, like I said, I kind of fell out of touch with him after high school, so I hadn't talked to him. I mean, I would assume, now this, I could be wrong, I don't know, but I would assume that, let's say it was cancer, that they would say after a long battle with cancer. That's pretty normal. I, I don't know. I mean, it depends, you know, really. I mean, some people are more private than others, you know, so yeah. Just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's sad, though. Like, uh, Yeah, sad. You know. I mean, obviously, it's a guy our age, somebody we knew. I have fond memories of hanging out with uh, with Mike Duchesne. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was pretty close friends with him for for a brief period, but yeah, mm-hmm. we just kind of, you know, didn't keep track of each other after high school. I saw him. We saw him once uh, at your at Oakland University when we were going there, and he was like walking out. Yep, I remember. I think that's the last I saw. One of the smartest guys I've ever met in my life. Yeah, I remember you saying he would like buy like a chess game and then be able to beat it within like a couple days or something like that. Oh yeah. Whenever I played chess with him, he was just toying with me. <laughs> it's like I know you could checkmate me whenever you wanted to. <laughs> Cause he would like we'd play in class <clears throat> and he would let it he he'd let the game last for as long as the class was, then right before uh it was the end of class he'd checkmate me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you you uh you definitely uh, are a lot better at this than I am. <laughs> now, speaking of uh, minds, have you been watching the the Jeopardy Greatest of All Time uh, tournament? Yes, I have. I've been very, I've been uh, loving it. I'm a big fan of Jeopardy. I only really caught the the third one though, um, mm-hmm. because uh, we were recording one of the nights before, I think, and then the other day <laughs> I was doing something else. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised that Brad's not doing a lot better. I, don't I know. know how you feel about that, but. But he he's never lost to a human being before. He lost to Deep Blue, which everybody did. But yep. it's just I, I don't I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I know like uh, James Holzhauser, like his technique is you know a lot a less conventional than the other players. Which yeah, it's actually really smart. I, I think that Arthur Chu guy did kind of the same thing where he'd kind of hunt around for the daily doubles. Which I mean, it really makes sense from like a game theory perspective. Yep. Yeah. And it really makes no sense to go down from one hundred to five hundred. You know, there's no logic to it. Yeah. For those for those that aren't aware. Uh, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard of James Holsauer, but uh, the the his strategy, which you know he's explained uh, several different times at this point, is he would start with the highest value clues and, like Mike said, hunt for the the daily doubles, um, so that when he got to one of the daily doubles and he'd accumulated all this money from the high value clues, he'd have a lot more to bet, and then almost you know not always, but. A lot of times, at least usually at least once an episode when he was on, he would bet everything on a daily double. And, you know, he rarely got daily doubles wrong. He rarely got Final Jeopardy wrong. So he was able to to wager huge sums. And he, he because he's a professional gambler, he's familiar with the, what do they call it? It's the, the loss uh Heart, that's heartbreak. It's like he's he's not he's not as risk averse as the yeah. average person is for sure. Basically, there's there's a theory in gambling that people are more afraid to take a risk and lose a, cer- a certain amount 
if they have, you know, like an equal risk of gaining that amount, the same amount. Yeah, it's, I can't, like you said, I can't remember what it's called, but there's actually a really good book called uh, Thinking Fast and Slow by the uh, Nobel Economics Prize mm-hmm. winner Daniel Kahneman. Yep. And it was also, you know, the work of his, his late uh, partner, Amos, uh, uh, I cannot remember his last name, Tolboy, something with a T. Yeah, Tolboy. They, they actually did quite a few. Yeah, I think he, he says that people, you know, the people take losses twice as badly. You know, they get twice as much uh just you know they feel bad twice as much as they feel good from like a a win of half the value yeah exactly and so he's you know he's trained that out of himself uh and also he switches categories a lot which discombobulates people because you know people are trained to a rhythm yeah yeah people are trained to think on a certain track and then if you're constantly you know going back and forth and I, i heard that one of the ways that he trained was by reading um, reading books aimed at children. Like he said, it was a fast way to to gain like um, to gain different like bits of trivia and stuff like that. Facts. Yeah, yeah, and- yeah, my yeah, my youngest, uh, she loves these books called they're they're called Weird but True, put up by National Geographic. It's all mm-hmm. like facts. She'll just like read right through them, and she. Uh, well, she memorizes them. When I was younger, I would read the encyclopedia a lot, but like, yeah, just for, like the random like you know facts and stuff. Yep. Yeah, me too. But he would go back and forth. They did have like 10 books, right? And different categories. And he would go back and forth reading them, you know, over the course of a couple hours or whatever. And that trained his brain to to quickly jump from one one subject to another real fast. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I feel that I, I'm pretty decent at home at Jeopardy, but mm-hmm. I think I really have a big advantage because I read very quickly. So I often have read the clue long before he's even halfway through it. So I yeah. think if I was ever like playing Jeopardy live, there's no way I'd be able to read read the clue because I need glasses as it is. So, I mean, I, I don't think I'd be especially fast in an actual game, but, like, when I could read the clue, I could, like, you know, I could read it in, like, a second, you know? Oh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't sell you uh, short, Mike, because I've played, you know, I've, I've been in the room with you uh, playing Jeopardy before, like, watching Jeopardy, and you're, like, light. I am not nearly as quick as you. You are, like, lightning fast. Well, yeah, like I said, I think it's because I read the clues so quickly, though. Yeah. Now, I, noticed, I noticed, too, in the, the the greatest of all time turn. oh, my God, the questions were, like, a magnitude or two higher than, like, the average Jeopardy question. Mm-hmm. They were much more complicated and difficult. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But each question, like, like the $200 questions, like, were basically at the normal, like, $500 to $1,000 level. That's, like, how much more difficult. Yeah, I would agree, for sure. Um, but to answer your question about Brad, cause I've talked about this with, uh, with my wife, uh, and everything. And we've, you know, like we've, I've thought about it and stuff. I think that it just, you know, because he's used to going up against Ken. So it used to be that it'd be him and Ken. And I mean, no offense to like Buzzy Cohen or Austin Rogers or some of these, you know, very good champions from the past. But in, you know, besides when they played against Watson, the, the IBM computer, like you said, uh, when it was Brad and Ken and whoever the third person was, it, it was very clear that Brad and Ken were the two best, and the other person was, you know, not quite as fast on the buzzer, right. not quite as knowledgeable as them. And I think it was easier for Brad to just be like, I'm basically one on one against Ken. I think it changes the game a lot to have three players that are all super fast and all super knowledgeable. Um, you know, on the buzzer and everything. And I think that's, you know, the problem that he's he's kind of running into. But I, I, I'm kind of pulling for Ken, especially because, like, Ken, they they did this little this little thing for each one of them where they kind of highlighted them and everything. And Ken was like, I really want to win one of these things. 
Yes. He's like, I oh, I've come in second so many times. I really want to win one. And it's like he was the first kind of like really famous Jeopardy player. And, you know, he seems like a really nice guy and a really good guy and everything. And I'm really kind of pulling for him. But I want Brad to win at least one match. Yeah, I, I like Brad. Um, yeah, I, I'm indifferent. I mean, I, I kind of feel that like Ken's smarmy, which I know a lot of people say, but mm-hmm. James really has the same thing. He just seems, I mean, James like is like a machine. He, he oh, rarely yeah. gets a question wrong. Like, I was surprised that Ken won, you know, two two games just yeah. because uh, James is so good. Well, like Brad pointed out in the one game, Brad found, I think, all three of the daily doubles in in one of the uh, one of the matches and uh or one of the games and he starts to get it he goes you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) right because it really did help him out the interaction is really funny between the players yeah they all seem like they really especially ken and and brad um really seem like they're you know they're genuine friends which is is cool and yeah i i think it's uh, it's it's a fun thing to watch for sure yeah, Ken, I mean, it's nice to see, like, you know, I'm glad that a lot of people are watching and excited about it, too, because rather than, like, your normal, like, dumb shit that's on TV, I mean, it's it's I mean, it's mean nice to see, like, people who are, you know, good at, not that, you know, trivia is, like, the, the highest form of, like, you know, intelligence, intelligence yeah. Right, yeah. but I mean, it, it's still, it's nice to see that people are, like, you know, watching something like that rather than, like, you know, I don't know, a football game where people are just smashing each other's heads in the whole time, which reminds me, I'm missing the uh, Ravens game, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um I, I mean I like like you. I mean I I enjoy sports too. I think I think both are fine. But yeah, it's 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 nice when people are kind of elevating knowing things. You know, in, in today's day and age it seems like so often people are either they're talking against science and like, oh, you know, what do scientists know or or you know, oh, those cultural elites or whatever. It seems a lot of times like people are talking against intelligence a lot. So it's nice when there's, you know, a a forum of intelligence that's actually being like uplifted and, and looked up to. Yeah, there's a there's like a H.L. Minken quote. I can't remember what exa- is exactly, which you know obviously proves the opposite of what we just said. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's like you know the average man wants to seek out the the intelligent the intelligent and then destroy them or something like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it it makes us feel inferior. It makes us feel um, you know weak and not as good. Yeah, it's like my wife and I were talking about this earlier, like, you know, how, like, supposedly we're, like, an intelligent species, but really it's, like, there's quite a few intelligent individuals, but the species as a whole is still, like, you know, just, like, pointing the plane's nose directly at the ground and then hitting the accelerator. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I, I totally agree. Like you said, individuals can be intelligent. I think people as a whole are dumb. <laughs> Yeah, and the, if you put intelligent ones together, they become dumb. It's just like the more people there are, the the dumber they are. Yeah, that's that's the unfortunate. It's like it's just, I, and I don't know if that says something about the way that animals interact. You know, because we're just animals. That animals interact with each other, uh, like herd mentality and 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 things like that, or or exactly why it is. But yeah, it seems it seems like you know it's very difficult to. You know, human beings have done some remarkable things. They've done some horrible things, you know, as well. Um, but yeah, it seems for the most also part at the same time. Yeah, exactly. It seems for the but most the same part types of people who. I'm no, sorry, I was just gonna say it seems for the most part that it's it's difficult for us to overcome our our baser, you know, just animalistic nature. Because you have like, 
people who you know invented the atomic bomb, you know, were able to come mm-hmm. together for that, and very quickly like take like a like <clears throat> what was just a theory at the time proposed by Einstein. Yep, it's not true. I think Einstein warned us that the Germans were going to be doing. Yeah, but then within like what maybe two or three years from starting the Manhattan Project, we had like okay, here's an atomic. Yeah, I know it's <laughs> insane. They were I mean, able to do it we, so quickly. I think if we could bear down that much, like, you know, intelligence, like, on all these issues, I mean, and then the same, some of the same people work in the space program, which, again, you know, mm-hmm. in, what, a 10-year period, we're like, okay, we're on the moon now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A species that had, you know, like, about 50 years or, or like, around 60 years prior had just learned how to fly an airplane was able to, you know, leave the Earth and land on the moon. It's insane. Right. And, and the same, you know, the same same thing with computers. I mean, back like in uh, World War II, they used the Bombay system to try and mm-hmm. decode all these, you know, messages. You know, Alan Turing was a big, you know, part, obviously, of yep. being able to decode all these German, you know, transmissions via the Enigma. And now, like, I could literally download the Enigma to my phone in, like, two seconds. Like, they have the exact same cipher. It's just, like, you know, the yeah. knowledge is so commonplace now. It's just, and you're, you know, your average, you know, my Chromebook, which is kind of a piece of shit, is, I mean, if they'd have had this kind of computing power for the, uh, you know, Apollo 11 mission, it would have taken, like, you know, an hour to do all the math. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I wonder if that's part of the reason uh, why people, I mean, obviously the, the stuff that we pointed out where, you know, it makes them feel inferior and everything, but I wonder if, if that's also part of the reason why people either don't care about intelligence or kind of denigrate intelligence at this point, because it's just like, Hey, if I want to know something, it's, I can look it up. I, I have it at the, I don't have to actually think I can just, as long as I can search something on a computer, that's all I need to do. Which, hey, I'm, I'm, I mean, I love information myself. I'll look up stuff all day if you let mm-hmm. me. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, it's, it's not, you know, just because somebody else has figured shit out doesn't mean you shouldn't try and contribute something. I mean, you don't want to be a fucking Scandinavian just, you know, living like a leech off of everybody else's accomplishments. Exactly. While, you know, adding nothing of your own. Exactly. Fucking, uh, what have they added? Lootfish? Ugh. Uh, those giant dogs that die in five years. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Yeah, if I'm ever if I'm ever trapped in the snow, you can send me one with uh, whiskey in a barrel around its fucking neck. Thanks. I think, I think those are Saint Bernards, actually. Oh, okay. Well, Saint Bernards are fine. What are, what are, what are the the Malamute or something like the, that? The great the Great Danes. Oh yeah, Great Danes. Yeah, like, I guess like they're. Scoot, I think. If you want a dog for a little bit, get a Great Dane. <laughs> if you want a dog, but you're afraid of commitment. Whoa. If you want a dog, but not next decade, <laughs> that should be that, that should be the uh, the the tagline for Great Danes. If you want a dog for a little bit, try a Great Dane. It will not live your goldfish. Great Danes. <laughs> want to see your children cry? Get a Great Dane. <laughs> Make sure you find a, a one that's a solid color so you can easily replace it and trick your kids. <laughs> oh man, great Danes! I'll tell you, uh, the I one time I was driving back. They're from not Las- that great. <laughs> yeah, I was ta- driving back from Las Vegas, and the car broke down in the middle of nowhere, basically. And the only garage was 
like an actual barn barnyard garage. This dude working out of his barn. And he had four Great Danes. And I didn't realize, but you know how like a dog... Is this a Norm MacDonald joke you're setting up? No, 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 no. It's not. This actually happened. I didn't realize this, but you know how... You know how um, like a dog will come up to you sometimes if you and you, you like you'll pet a dog and then it will kind of put its paw on your arm like because it wants you to keep petting it. Uh, I didn't realize all dogs, regardless of size, do this. Like all dogs are very <laughs> they're very similar. So like I was petting this one Great Dane and it put you know put up this fucking enormous paw <laughs> and just literally raked my hand back to its head. Like no. No, keep petting. And it had the strength to actually oh move God. me. Jeez. Yeah, it was uh it was interesting. But yeah, I was I was in there for about three hours with those fucking great Danes while they fixed the car. Jeez. I thought you were gonna tell another hilarious uh tale of a trip to or from Las Vegas, but I think that's actually uh Ben's story about when he got pulled over. Oh god, that's awesome. Yeah, Ben'll never be on the show, so let's tell it. Yeah, why, uh, why don't you tell that one? <laughs> you know that one pretty well. Yeah, well they were they were called. They 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 called me on the road, uh, at, like right before it happened, and then right after it happened. So, uh, Fred, uh, one of our friends, and Ben were driving to Las Vegas. Basically, Ben uh, had, um, or no, they were. I think they were driving to Michigan from Las Vegas. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, Fred. Or Fred uh, had gotten married, and he bought a, his fiance or he bought his new wife a car for a wedding present. And Fred had flown out there and he picked up the car in Las Vegas and said, hey, let's he, basically he planned it out to where he could buy it at a, a place in Vegas, fly out there and then drive it back with Ben so Ben could visit us. Uh, and he's like, hey, you know, we'll drive back. So they're driving back. I think they were in Iowa. <laughs> I want to say. And they got pulled over. Uh, it was a I think it was red, I believe, a red Jetta or something like that. I'm not sure. So very. Like very specific, like female style car. So they got pulled over by a police officer and the police officer, you know, said, Hey, you know, let me see your license and registration. They asked for Ben's license and they're looking through everything. And the cops, you know, Fred's like, you know, is there something wrong? Did we do something wrong? And he said, this car matches the description of a known, uh, child abductor, (laughs) which is not something you ever want to hear. No, that's been in the area. And he's like, you know, do you mind if I search the car? And Fred's like, no, go ahead. And he's like, okay, thanks, sir. And <laughs> he seemed to have this like really horrible problem with Ben <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> he opens the trunk and he picks up one of the suitcases and he says, uh, you know, whose is this? And Fred would go, that's mine. He's like, okay. And he sets it aside and he picks up another suitcase and says, who's this? And Ben says, it's mine. And he just fucking tore through it <laughs> like a wild animal. <laughs> like, he, like he suspects him specifically. So after being there for about 45 minutes and finding nothing, uh, the guy gives Fred his license back yet. And he looks at Ben's license. He's like, and this is your license, right? It's not expired or anything. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, that that's mine. And uh, he just kind of, like, as Ben says, he just kind of shrugged, looked disappointed, and said, all right, you're free to go, I guess. <laughs> but they, like, uh, apparently the guy had been in I- Illinois, 
and then he uh he they suspected that he fled to Iowa or something like that and um you Ben always says this is one of the funniest jokes you've ever said Mike when when Mike heard this story he, you said something like um uh got to get those land of lincoln kids <laughs> or something <laughs> like that like uh like you know he had he he had he favored Illinois or something like that the cops said and you were like that's so weird Oh, <laughs> nothing beats those land of Lincoln kids. <laughs> yeah, I don't recall this at all. Uh, hilarious. So ben still talks about that. Um, but yeah, the one thing that I've watched this week uh, has been a show called You. Uh, it has the same problem as the movie called It and the movie called Them. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, no, the thing, I guess, is okay. Have you seen the thing? Yeah, the thing what thing? Good. I like the thing. But uh, just the poorly named. But you basically is about this dude that has a problem stalking women. Uh, so what he does is each. I don't know if I don't know exactly how this is going to go. But it looks like each ep, each season is going to be a different girl. But he in the first season because the second season just premiered in the first season he uh, this girl named Beck he stalks her. Uh, eventually ends up like entwining himself in her life, becomes her boyfriend, you know, you know all this stuff. And then, you know, thing, I won't spoil it for everyone, but things happen. Uh, you know, that relationship doesn't work out uh, in the end. And now he's moved. Someone from his past has come back, and now he's moved to Los Angeles, and he's doing the same thing with a, a new girl uh, this time. So it's it's this a very... Get your break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's a very interesting show. Uh, it sounds really formulaic and kind of um, like it would be stale, but it really isn't. They do a very good job. It's it's short for one, which is good. I believe it's six or eight episodes long. Um, and it's, uh, you know, they do a very good job with, with writing it, with with fleshing out the world and the, the ancillary characters that's that's what makes it interesting is kind of all these uh you know all these side characters and everything but that my wife and i've been watching that a lot and uh definitely enjoying that we've also been watching good girls which is good girls is like breaking bad but uh it's three moms instead and is it is it meth still no it's counterfeit money oh what's that what's this on netflix hulu it's actually on NBC, I believe, but we watch it on Netflix. Uh, the we're, we're like I think a season behind what it's what's what's what it's actually on right now. Okay, yeah, there's a show I want to watch on Hulu. I cannot remember the name of it. It's um, I've been watching. Um, I, I may have mentioned this before. I've been rewatching the Shield. Yeah, and I realize that my favorite season of the Shield is season four. So I'm probably just gonna stop watching after the season. But it's mm-hmm. it's so good. I mean, even if you just started watching this, you really don't. I mean. The Shield's not a show where there's a lot of exposition anyway, so it's not like, oh, well, remember back in, you know, 2004 when we first became partners? No, it's not It's not that show, which is right. one of its many great qualities. But there's always I always see ads, which is odd because my wife is also watching The Shield, but she has her own profile because she watches way faster than I do. So she's, like, on, like, season five or six probably. Mm-hmm. She doesn't see these ads, but I do. It's called, like, Despicable or, or something like that. It's a show on Hulu that looks like it's about a robbery. It looks kind of interesting. I might give it a shot after I'm done with this season of The Shield. Oh, okay. Yeah, that does sound interesting. 
Another thing I saw that was kind of kind of cool is um, um, Fargo is coming. Actually, Fargo and uh, Breaking or not Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul are both coming back in February. I think. Yeah, when Breaking or when Better Call Saul comes back, we'll obviously we'll definitely have to talk about that. Yeah, I'm really looking for. I mean, it's it's. See, I don't mind if a show goes away for like a over a year, like that one did. I mean, it's what it's probably. I think. The first year we did the show was like after that season they haven't they just have gone like a whole year without a show I think yeah yes correct and the last episode was pretty cool it was like showed Mike like you know finally crossing that line you know to become like the killer or you know mm-hmm. before he was a pretty morally sound guy but he still has a code of honor and you know uh, Breaking Bad so it's uh, he's my favorite character I just I, I could watch you know Jonathan Banks play him all day if they had a spinoff just Mike I'd watch that even if he was just watching TV the whole time. Yeah, I think it's. I think it was the smartest thing in the world from Vince Gilligan to include Mike uh, as part of this. Like, it, it's better call Saul, and obviously, you know, Saul Saul plays a big part uh, in it. Um, but Mike is. It's 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 almost evenly split between the two of them as far as lead characters yeah. go. And yeah, I mean, everybody I on the show smart. is a great actor. Yeah, yeah, I love sure. I, the the whole show. Well, it, it's like a very slow pace Breaking Bad, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, I, I enjoy it. Like Breaking Bad, even though it was like a night, it, it was a very realistic show for the most part. Yeah. Even that, I mean, it obviously, almost like had like a certain pace had to follow to be like more action oriented, you know, to keep people watching. I mean, the the very last season of uh, Breaking Bad is almost like a breakneck pace of action. It's like one long continuous action movie, like each episode, you know. Yeah, and this is definitely like you said, more of a slow burn. Uh, but I, I, I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, it, I mean, ultimately, I, I honestly don't know which show I'm going to like um, more. I mean, I did, I did like El Camino quite a bit, you know, the Breaking mm-hmm. Bad movie. But, I mean, it, it wasn't necessary, but it was a nice bonus. I mean, it didn't detract from the original show, which was my biggest concern about it. Right. But, I mean, it just, like, you know, kind of finished off a storyline that you kind of knew where it was going anyways. I mean, you wouldn't suspect the fictional character was going to, like, suddenly be pulled over and shot down by the police ring. That would have been a very interesting ending. Right. But, I mean, it was nice to see all the characters, including, I think, Robert Forster's last performance. I mean, yep. he's a really good actor. I love him. And uh, Jackie Brown, he's so great in that. Yeah, absolutely. Max Cherry. But, yeah, so when, when that comes back, we'll probably do, we'll probably do, like, I guess... You know, we'll, we'll we'll talk about each episode as it comes out. I would imagine. Yeah, probably a little bit of time. I mean, yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it's. I, I don't know. It's weird because I mean, it's like not like we. I guess we could do a brief recap of it. You know, if we get our shit together and don't just ramble on about fucking Fred Willard all. Right. <laughs> well, I don't mind. I don't mind keeping the show the same as it is, but just like uh, like a quick segment towards the end or towards the middle or whatever. Like, hey, you know, like uh, what'd you think about Better Call Saul this week and and stuff. You know, we don't have to get super in depth about each episode, but you know, definitely talk about it. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to, again, I forget the title, that uh, Charlie Kaufman movie mm. that you were talking about. That sounds really good. I can't wait till that comes out. Uh, I think oh, it's... another... I... What is it called? Something... It's 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 a lot like the um, I Think You Should Go Now thing. It's something like that. Yeah, it is like one of those weird like uh, phrases, which yeah. is kind of funny because those are just like you, generally bad names for TV shows, but mm-hmm. I mean, it, like, it turned out good and I think you should go yeah. or leave or... Oh, I forgot one thing I did watch. I really enjoyed it. Was the uh, the Mark Twain Center or the Mark Twain Award for Dave Chappelle this week? I don't know if you saw any of those, like the ceremony. <sighs> I didn't. I want to watch that though. I'm sure I'll be able to find it. Yeah, it's on YouTube actually. Like it, okay. they had clips there. The funniest one I thought was from Neil. 
Neil Brennan, I don't know. I have a mixed feeling. I, I do think he's funny, but I think he's not as funny as he thinks he is. I don't know how familiar you are with <laughs> Neil Brennan. No, I, I, I 100% agree with that. Like, I mean, he, he, he's very fortunate. I mean, I'm sure even he'll admit this. I mean, he happened to be, you know, meet Dave Chappelle at a young age because Dave Chappelle is the funniest human being alive. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be hard. It'd be hard to show anybody. I mean, I like Norm MacDonald's jokes better. I, I like his sentiment, you know, better. But Dave Chappelle is just like, he's just like a force of nature. That's how fucking funny this guy oh, is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's clearly, he, I, I think he and Norm both are just immensely got, well, you know, like nature given, uh, you know, talented as far as being comedians go. Yeah, I think, I think Norm, and this is going to sound bad, but whatever. I think Norm isn't a very hard worker as far as his comedy goes. I think finally he's at a level where he's just comfortable. You know, I mean, he knows he could go on a talk show and kill. Mm-hmm. He knows people will always buy tickets to his shows because of, you know, SNL and, you know, people like his, like that he's kind of conservative. You know, there's always a built in audience for that. But I mean, Dave Chappelle, I mean, he's been a comedian since he was like 14, I think. Yep. And he actually, in his speech, he thanks his mom and he talks about her taking him, you know, home at like, you know, two in the morning when he was 14 from like a set of the comedy show. Yeah. And I, I, I agree. I totally agree with what you're saying too. I think Norm probably doesn't work that hard, which is fine. He's, he's naturally funny the way he is. Um, and I think Chappelle probably does work harder at, uh, at. I mean, he just he just does, he just does more stand up time. That alone yeah. is work as far as stand up goes. And he'll just go up and improvise. You know, he'll he, like he famously would like after his show was you know canceled or he left it, he would go to like San Francisco punchline and do shows for like hours and hours at a time, like yeah. six hour sets. And that- you know what? One joke I think completely encapsulates what is so brilliant about Dave Chappelle, or, or at least one of the things that's so brilliant about Dave Chappelle is he talks about, it's on one of the Netflix specials, I don't remember which one it is, but it's one, on one of the first ones that he came out with. He talks about how he's, you know, he's been talented ever since he can remember as far as being a stand-up comedian. He never this, really had to struggle. I, this is a joke I was thinking of where he has the punch bowl full of, like, punchlines. No, no, no. I, that that's really good too. Actually, that's that's a very good explanation of his process. But the sure. joke, the joke that I was thinking of is he talks about how he di- it did this show for like some mob guys in New York, and uh, they paid him. I can't remember how much it was, but they gave him like twenty grand or something like that. Yeah, some crazy amount. And they're like, here, just take it. And he put it in his backpack, and he went on the subway, and he was like, I was never scared of riding on the subway before. And I was like terrified because I had this, this 20 grand in my backpack. And he's like, and I realized this was the first time that I ever had something somebody would want and someone would actually like kill me for, uh, before. And then this is the brilliance of the way that Dave Chappelle thinks and kind of how he is as a person and how he thinks about things. He goes, then I thought, what if I had a vagina? all the time on me always and it's like his ability to to think about people that aren't him and aren't like him and make it funny relate it to his own life so that he can understand it like that's a big part of why i think he is hilarious yeah, he's very uh, creative, imaginative, mm-hmm. hilarious. I mean, he's he's the the whole package as far as comedians go. I mean, yeah, for sure. he's one of the rare people to. I mean, his movie career not great. I mean, he's he, half baked is an okay movie. It's not. Yeah. The, there's funny parts. It's, fine. it's not. A, it's not a brilliant. 
I mean, it's it's you could see his cinematic. You can see his you know jokes in there. You could see his personality. Mm-hmm. You can see he's a very charismatic person. He's funny. He plays the character. Uh, I can't remember his name. The uh, the drug dealer. Yeah, Mister Happy or something like that. Yeah. I mean, he's he, he's he's funny in it, but yeah, the movie itself is kind of meh. And and uh, to mention Norm Macdonald, he and Norm Macdonald are both in the movie Screwed, and that is not a good movie. It's just not. I mean, Danny DeVito's in it too. It's it's not a good. I don't understand why. It's just. Maybe Norm didn't help write it or something, but that's just not a very funny movie. Yeah, which is unfortunate because, like you said, I mean, you've got Norm, you've got Dave, you've got Danny DeVito. All three of them are very funny people. Yeah, I can't remember the woman who plays the the boss. She's really funny, too. She's been in a lot of other things. But, yeah, it's it's just not a funny movie. Although Dave Chappelle is hilarious in uh, Blue Streak where, with uh, Martin Lawrence and uh, Owen Wilson. Oh, yeah. He's in there very briefly, but he's he's very funny. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I would, but like I was saying, Neil Byrne, uh, I mean, I think he's funny, but just his arrogance as to thinking he's way funnier than he is, that just kind of annoys me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he's, you know, he, his his part is very good, though. Like, you know, obviously he's known Dave from a very young age, and he tells some true stories about Half-Baked and stuff. I mean, if you really just watched that alone, that would probably be worth it. I mean, I, I think the whole, the whole thing was pretty good, the different speakers and Dave's, you know, at the very end giving his own speech. Um, it was Aziz Ansari... Sarah Silverman, Tiffany Haddish, and Neil Brennan, I think. Okay. There might have been more, but I'm not really aware. But yeah, I, I, I check it out, especially if you're a Dave Chappelle fan. I mean, it's according to the, the, the people at the Kennedy Center who give out the award, it's the highest award in comedy, which I think it kind of is. That's kind of truthful. I mean, it's the most respected award, at least. I mean, who else has gotten it? Let's see. I think, um, obviously, Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Didn't Eddie Murphy get it last year? I believe so, yeah. I know Steve I Martin has Dave gotten Le- it. Yeah, Dave Letterman. So it's it's yeah. not like it's not like somebody who was on like two guys who were on a pizza place for like three episodes. It's you know no. it's very uh, prestigious as far as the awards go. I mean, it, he might be the youngest person to get it. He definitely deserves it. He's you know he's been the funniest comedian out there since the Chappelle Show came out. I mean, yeah. I actually when the, when the first when the Chappelle Show first came out, I really didn't want to watch it because my experience with him was half baked. I'm like, yeah, he's not all that funny, but you know, it was kind of hard to ignore the show. It was like an undeniable show just because it was so popular because of so many hilarious. I mean, and it's stuff that still holds up today. It's so like raw at the raw nerve and at the edge of comedy that you could mm-hmm. watch, you know, the Rick James sketch, you could watch uh, Clayton Big. I mean, any of the, I mean, they're like very un-PC these days, but I mean, mm-hmm. they weren't PC back then either. Even then it was like controversial. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, a whole sketch where the entire family is a, uh, is a racial slur and like a uh, Dave Chappelle plays like <laughs> yes. the, uh, friendly, like, you know, era milkman. appropriate milkman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and what's funny is, so my wife did not like Dave Chappelle when I first when I first met her. She had watched I think maybe an episode or two of Chappelle's show, which was her only her only like uh, exposure to him. And my wife is not big on uh, racial humor, you know, stuff like that. Like she, you know, she she, she hate all those jokes you were telling me before the show. Then much <laughs> did. Yeah, that's why I save them up for you. No, she um she doesn't like any jokes where she thinks somebody, you know, like somebody's feelings might be hurt because she's, you know, she's Oh, very, those are the only jokes I like. I know, but she's she's very sweet like that. So Yeah, I understand. When uh when the Chappelle specials on Netflix were coming out, I watched the first one and I was like, Carol, you have to watch this. It is so fucking funny. You gotta listen to it. So I don't know if it was because she's her humor has changed because since we've been married, she's 
you know, been exposed to my type of humor uh, longer or, you know, because she's a little bit older than she was when Chappelle's show came out or or if it's just the stand up is just a different animal than than the sketch show. But she watched the first one. She's like, you're right. This is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And now she like she loves she's seen all of them. She loves Dave Chappelle's stand up uh, specials. Yeah, I mean, she probably enjoyed the ceremony too. And it was it was very funny. I mean, like I said, Neil Brennan was particularly you know notable. But mm. I mean, it's you just watch the clips. It's not even a lot of time. I'm sure the whole ceremony was like two hours. I think. Mm. But I just saw like the highlights. Oh, John Stewart also uh, did some you know materials. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, comedy is subjective. So you know, there are people that have won the Mark Twain Prize that that we might not. Uh, I mean, I, I, I would still, I, I still say, I mean, I'm not a Steve Martin fan, but I could see how he would win the award. I mean, he's, yeah. again, undeniable that he would be, you know, awarded as, pardon me, as one of the, uh, you know, country's greatest. Yeah, but I mean, every everyone who's won it has been a legend. You know, George Carlin. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, I, I don't know if Richard Pryor won or not. I think he might have before he passed away. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how long they've been giving it out for, to be honest with you. But yeah, I would say it, it probably is because there's not, as far as comedy awards go, there's not there's not a ton out there. Not worth winning. They had like a, a, a comedy award show. I think it lasted one year. Mm-hmm. And it was like televised. It was on some weird channel too, but it was kind of neat. But yeah, it didn't really, I mean, you think Comedy Central would do something like that. For all I know, they did do that show, but whatever it was, it happened once and like nobody I thought should win one anyways. I don't think you can do it like like the Oscars does it or something like like or the Golden Globes or whatever. I as far as at least if you're talking about stand up comedy, I don't think you can do it every year because I think well, it, it was all forms of comedy. It wasn't just stand up. It was oh, like, okay. you know, funniest T V show and like I think they had podcasts and stuff too. But yeah. I think and uh, Joe Rogan mentions this quite a bit, but he's right. There are comedy is much like music. You can't just say like, Oh, I like music and I'm gonna go see, you know, Belle Biv DeVoe, and then I'm gonna go see Garth Brooks. It's like no, yeah. you generally have a certain type you like. I mean, like you exactly. said if you're wife earlier carol you know i mean she doesn't like that same it's like you know she doesn't like heavy metal doesn't mean she doesn't like music she just likes a different genre of music you know yep no it's kind of hard to separate it because i mean you know there's so many different like nuances and a lot of comedians you know have mixed styles like you know some will use like observational humor and then like insult humor and the same thing or you know like absurdist i mean george carlin was all over the place Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he would he would talk about like the ways you know sentences are weird. Then he'd talk about like you know the entire country flushing down the drain and then. Yeah, and and like especially like a lot of his early stuff, like um, you like know, hippy dippy weatherman and that kind of stuff. Exactly. That's that's what that's still one of my favorite bits that he ever does. And he like um. Uh, Johnny Carson was like dying laughing because, you know, uh, for those of you that don't, you know, haven't seen it, um, that don't follow Mike and I, uh, you, our YouTube uh, you know, practices. You should. We have a pretty good YouTube list, I'm sure. Oh, I agree. Um, but he, you know, he did this thing on, on the Tonight Show and other places in his stand up and everything where he does this hippy dippy weatherman thing where he's like, hey, man, you know, it's going to be like, like, and he goes, uh, he gets really serious at one point. And he's like, um, you know, any like I can't do it, but he rattles through it and sounds incredibly professional. Where he's like, uh, you know, there's a, a line of thunderstorms, uh, you know, on the, uh, you know, south or uh, forty miles south southwest of uh, of the Isobar line, and, and you know, it's moving in at four, fourteen miles per hour and, and all this stuff. And he goes, 
Uh, but there's also a squadron of Russian ICBMs on the satellites. <laughs> and then everyone just kind of laughs. And then he goes, so I wouldn't sweat the rain showers. <laughs> And it's just, it's perfect. But, you know, he does, like, he goes from that, and then he goes to, which kind of, like, sort of pokes fun at counterculture, and then he also is like, you know, here's the seven words you can't say on television. Which yeah, but is, he's very much a part of counterculture. I mean, he's, yeah. like, the gold standard in a lot of ways. Yeah. So it's, he, you're right, he's definitely all over the map, and, and uh, but yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it's so... The comedy is so individualized, and that's that's why that's why the Oscars don't. That's why the Oscars don't actually, you know, show, like award who what the best film is. It's the r- white rich uh, um, drama awards because that's that's all they they. If you look at it, that's all they really celebrate is drama movies because that's a lot easier to judge. A drama is a drama is a drama. That's very easy to compare and contrast with dramas because that's that's not a, a, like a checklist of stuff you need. Like, oh, you need yeah. to have a British accent. You need to have, you know, mm-hmm. a newcomer. You know, it's, yeah. I mean, you know, like that's why like Shakespeare is so popular because everyone knows in their mind what Shakespeare should be. And you can be like, oh, that guy's a great Shakespearean actor. Yeah. He, you know, he has the right beats he actually kind of like is kind of exploring you know the different rhyme scheme and that kind of stuff i mean there's mm-hmm. a way to kind of yeah but like when when a movie like ex machina which was like a few years ago but when like when that comes out and isn't nominated for anything like alisa vikander was nominated that year but she wasn't nominated for ex machina she was nominated for some you know like british like fucking drama movie that she did i think she actually won too but she was better in ex machina and ex machina was a better movie but it's a high concept science fiction movie so they can't they can't put that into their little formula and judge it. It's rare that Return of the King wins an Oscar. You know, they do that to like, oh, Peter Jackson, you've, you know, you've accomplished, uh, you know, some great stuff with the Lord of the Rings. This is, you know, this is to, uh, you know, reward you for, you know, all your hard work on the trilogy. But yeah, that's it's like, rare. It's like Denzel Washington, you know, where he won an award for Training Day. That wasn't a. They're never awards for the. A lot of them are like apology awards, you know. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm sorry. You you are amazing in Malcolm X and all these other yep. movies. We we didn't, you know, we want to make sure you get an award. Why not give it to you when Halle Berry gets hers, you know? So mm. we could have a kind of like a historic night, you know. It's like obviously manufactured because he's good in Training Day, but I mean, he's he's not the best performer of the year in Training Day. And right. Much like with music, you know, the the best movies are rarely, you know, the movies that are nominated for awards. Mm-hmm. I mean, music, it's never the best. I mean, at least you know, obviously, very subjective. Even even not very subjective. I mean, like the most popular metal bands, you know, they don't always win. You know, like like Metallica famously lost to Jethro Tull in like the very first like metal award yeah. <laughs> which kind of hilariously the next day they were like well we're just glad jethro told him about an album this year <laughs> oh god and like i think like the first rap award was like vanilla ice you know it's not like you know it's like finally so undeniably popular you're like okay we'll have to give it to someone but it's vanilla ice so yeah you know, it's, we're not giving it to nwa oh I, they would never give it to nwa i mean no. not until they become like you know like uh Milk toast, like you know, the guy who's on fucking, uh, you know, and 21, 22 Jump Street. You know, Ice Cube is like a teddy bear these days. He's not like mm-hmm. you know this uh, frightening, you know, guy who's telling the truth about what's happening on the streets. He's this guy who's like, oh, he's he's the angry black guy. Let's put him in angry black guy movie. Right. Well, I mean, no offense to Ice Cube, and I guess this is probably the dream. So it's like I'm not hating on on him or anything like that. But uh, he doesn't know what it's like on the streets anymore. He used oh, to. No. 
I wonder what it is. I mean, I wonder. That's like kind of like I was thinking about this earlier today too. You know, like uh, this is a very weird idea. Um, but I, I used to play this game called Vampire: The Masquerade, mm-hmm. and like in that, it's like a role playing game. You know, similar to like Dungeons and Dragons, but you know, not stupid. Um, so you play like these. There's this one category. They're called uh, what were they called? Toreador. Like they're like these artistic vampires. But it's kind of interesting because like they'd become like vampire. People would turn them into vampires because they were like an artist, but their talents would almost always fizzle out, you know, mm. because the process would like just destroy their artistic gift. Mm. It's really weird. Like you never really see any musician like sustainably make really good new product over like a long period of time. I think you have to. I think struggle is so big of a yeah, part I, of it. Yeah. I really think that's what it is. And then also when you become more famous, your, you know, art gets more diluted because like, oh, we'll have somebody else, you know, write the guitar part here or, you know, yep. we'll use like this, uh, what they use with recordings, like a lot of reasons a lot of music sounds the same is because the way they, they put it onto like the tracks, like, mm-hmm. they call it, it's like digitizing or something like that, where they yeah. can like basically make it interchangeable. It's just, I mean, not that, but even before then, I mean, I guess you could, people could definitely argue that Bob Dylan has been, you know, pretty amazing throughout his entire career. Mm, yeah. I mean, he's put out a, he put out an album like 2005 that was like a Grammy award winning album you know I mean I mean and he he is in a lot of ways like a true artist he travels way more than he has to he just and he you know he plays a different setup he plays a different song list he'll do different instruments he did an entire album of uh, Frank Sinatra covers yep. a few years ago I don't know if you heard about that I heard yep. it was really good but I didn't listen to it because you know oh it is very I good. And I also heard that, like, his voice is, like, pitch perfect. Like, you know, people always, like, you know, have this people like, wah, 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 you know, Bob Dylan, like, whine. But you know, that's, like, intentional, which I think, you mm-hmm. know, almost like uh, Gilbert Godfrey, like, his crazy voice. That's not his real voice. That's, like, his whole voice that you ever hear is an act, really. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably true. And Bob Dylan probably, you know, he made a concerted effort to to not change. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, I, I mean, even though he's, you know, wealthy many times over, you could, you could probably not accuse him of being like a sellout artist. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or is like, and then this is not a knock on him, Like, say for example, Billy Joel, when's the last time you heard a Billy Joel song that was like, you know, a huge hit that, you know, wasn't like a, re- I mean, probably we didn't start the fire as far as I know. I'm not a giant Billy Joel fan, but I mean, like he at a certain point is like, okay, I have enough money. You know, I, I can go yeah. live in the Hamptons. I'll be a wealthy man. I'll marry a supermodel. You know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just kind of, you know, rest on my laurels and, you know, just every so often I'll go out and play, you know, my old shit and I'll be sh- like, you know, the Rolling Stones, you know, the Rolling Stones haven't come out with like a new album since like the early nineties, as far as I know. And yeah. I mean, I don't know any of their songs before like fucking 1970, you know? Yeah, they haven't come out, and, and that's the thing is, even if they do come out with new music, they haven't come out with anything worthwhile since probably 1974, 1975, something like I think, that. I think they had like a kind of minor hit like in the 90s when like they were like, I can't remember what it's called, but they're like, you're all very tall in like a city, you know, it's like a tiny city they're walking around in. And oh, stuff. Yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about, yeah. With some black and white, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, it's kind of interesting to me. I mean, what, I mean, maybe that's what it is, like, you know, you just get kind of soft and you don't need like, you know. Because uh, my daughter really likes Billie Eilish, the older one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's kind of, you know, it's like cool that her and like her brother are really like, you know, able to make these like, you know, songs that have caught the zeitgeist. But I mean, how long will that last for? I mean, I can't think of any of my bands. I mean, bands are like, I, I really like the band Pavement. I'd say their whole career was consistently good. I mean, mm-hmm. not as good in some spots as others. But I mean, I, I mean, and then the leader of Pavement, or not the leader, but the main songwriter, Stephen Malcolmus, he's released a lot of albums and those are all good too. So it's kind of nice to find like someone who really is, you know, like, like, you know, talented that you enjoy, like, even when they come up with the new stuff, it's so good. But at the same time, you wonder, like, hey, what if he was way, got way more popular than he did? I mean, would he still be the same person? 
Yeah. I mean, would he still write these songs? I and but at the same time, he's the kind of person that you know. I think their biggest single was Cut Your Hair, which came out during the 90s. I mean, he could have, I mean, he could have been like Weezer, which is like the most frustrating example. Like, Weezer, Weezer was the one I was going to bring up, actually. I was thinking that the whole time. I was like, the be- the perfect example is Weezer for uh, for yeah. this. Yeah, their second album, Pinkerton, is probably one of my favorite albums of all time. It's so amazing. But I mean, it didn't sell very well. And then it really legitimately affected the lead singer slash lead songwriter mm-hmm. slash guitarist, Rivers Cuomo, where he's like on record saying that he was like in a massive depression just because that album wasn't, you know, more popular, which it should have, it was an amazing album. It still is. I mean, it's, it was critically can, slammed too at the time, which I don't understand because Me it's, a, I mean, now everyone looks at it now as like a brilliant album, but at the time, I mean, I, I, as a fan, it was evident to me that this was like the best album I'd ever heard at that point in my life. I, I, I listened to it on repeat, like for like two days straight when I first got it. I liked the blue album a lot when it came out in 94 and I was like, this and and you know I mean I I was a teenager at the time so it's not like I had the most uh, sophisticated taste in the world but I remember the first time that I heard the album I was like this is you know this is one of the best albums ever right um, I I look at it now compared to Pinkerton and it's like the Blue Album's a good album I'm not gonna you know there it's, are very, it's a very good album there are very good songs on it but there's there's nothing there's nothing that Weezer's ever done in their career that a river rivers cuomo's ever done in his career that comes close to how brilliant that entire album is yeah it's like from the first note to the last it's like a it's like a trip down like high quality Mm -hmm. music lane yep exactly and then after that we get like uh you know islands in the sun and fucking hash pipe and um yeah I mean, the sad thing too about that like is I heard some bootlegs and like the earlier version of hash hash pipe was really cool actually Mm. But then, like, they had, like, the, the, the whoa, whoa, which I really hate. That yep. bothers me so much. And that just ruins the song. And it, it's way more polished and shit. And I just I just hate music that's overly polished. It's just, it's not really music at that point. And now he's just doing an exact cover of Africa and stuff like that. It's like, this yeah, song, I think it's, they it's indistinguishable. Cover album. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's, it's indistinguishable from the, like, you haven't added anything to it. <laughs> Not at all. Not a single note. Not it's not different in any way. You just and you did a karaoke did version because, of it. And the only reason they did that because it was like online, like a Reddit, especially people were like obsessed with the song. Like it was like hilarious. They would always make like the joke, like rains down in Africa, and mm-hmm. then like, oh, let's pop, let's jump on this band. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, that's mostly what I watched. What I did this week, uh, not a lot of new stuff. But I'm, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to 1917. Yeah. The movie, not the year. Um, <laughs> hopefully, you know, I'll be able to see that soon. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that too, and I, I think that's a good one. I think the only movie I've seen by Sam Mendes is American Beauty. Mm-hmm. I believe he did that. I don't yep. know what else he might have done that I've seen. Uh, let me think. Um, let me look it up. I, I'm not sure exactly. I know did he, he do Monkey Bone. Did he? <laughs> that would be hilarious <laughs> no. if he did. I don't have Monkey Bone. Uh, Brendan Fraser's uh, best film ever, Monkey Bone. <laughs> I would disagree with that. Stoner loved it. Well, what does any fucking? I know he liked S- the Barbarian Brothers, right? I know Sam Mendes won an Oscar for American Beauty. Yes, he should have. That was a- see, I really like that movie. It's not like uh, I do too. I mean, there's even despite what I just said about the best movies, you know, not really making the award shows. I still stand by that, like. 
some of my favorite movies are just like really weird movies. Like there's this movie my wife introduced me to. I think I've mentioned this before. Mm. I really think you should watch this if you haven't. It's called Nowhere. Okay. It's by this director, Ju- uh, shit, Greg Araki. I'm sorry, I'm not getting the name right, but he's a very interesting director. Like this movie Nowhere is like the most insane movie you've ever seen. The premise is like this guy like keeps thinking he sees aliens and shit, and he kind of kind of sees them all over the place. But mm-hmm. like his like uh his I think it's his boyfriend or a guy he wants to date is like you know he he's like saying they're not there, and then all this other random stuff happens. Like the amount of celebrities in this movie is insane, and they're all like pre famous. Like Mina Savari's in it, uh, okay. Shannon Doherty's in it. The this this is the this this movie has the most fucked up scene I've ever seen in my entire life, and the reason for that is because uh this the, do you remember the show Baywatch? Did you watch it ever? Uh, I never watched it, but I do remember the show, obviously. Right. There was, like, this Australian guy on there at a certain point. I don't remember his name. But he's in the movie Nowhere, and he's playing himself, and he date rapes somebody. What the fuck? Yeah, he's playing himself. He's Because they mentioned he's the guy from Baywatch. There's no doubt that he's playing himself. And then he, like, very aggressively, like... Oh, my God. That's, that's, like, that's hilarious, but fucked up. Yeah, the whole movie is just it's it's like a series of like it, like very interesting like moments pushed together. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the guy who played uh, Bobby Brady, the middle Brady bunch okay. of guys in there, and I think I think another one of them is in there as well. It's it's a really interesting movie. You should check. I will definitely check that out. So here's here's the movies that Sam Mendes has directed: American Beauty, which was his first film, apparently. I just remembered a James Bond movie. I think Skyfall, which I didn't see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Road to Perdition. Oh, that, that's a really good movie, actually. Uh, Jarhead. I heard that's good, but I didn't see it. Uh, it's pretty good. I saw it. Uh, you know, it's not the not the best movie I've ever seen, but it's pretty good. Revolutionary Road. I haven't seen that. I think I heard that was good, though. Uh, Away We Go, which I'm not familiar with. Nope. Then he did Skyfall and Spectre. So I haven't watched... I watched the first uh, Daniel Craig Bond movie. I thought it was okay, Casino Royale. I really yeah. like the uh, parkour scene at the beginning with the... Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't really get the guy's name, but he is like a famous like parkour guy. Yeah. Um, and then what was after that one? I can't remember what the second one was. You know, the second uh, Daniel Craig Casino one. Royale. Quantum of, Sol- and- of Solace, I think. Yes. That one's not very good. Yeah, I think I started to watch it a couple times, but I really couldn't get into it. I mean, even Casino Royale is kind of slow, I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I know uh, Christoph Waltz is in a couple of them, which I I kind of read the description and they didn't seem all that great to me. I mean, it's like it, it was like I think I've mentioned this before. I mean, really, James Bond is just an inferior character compared to Jason Bourne in yep. every way. Yep, absolutely. I mean, he he's a character that basically only works if you're like a sexist like British guy writing a script in the sixties. You know, it's <laughs> like I mean, James Bond is like very fucking rapey. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Like super rapey and. He's really bad at his job. <laughs> yeah, another thing is he has a shit gun. He has the fucking Walther uh, PPK. The, yeah. the, the, it's a terrible... I mean, the per- Ian Fleming did not know shit about guns because he's British, and what do they fucking know about guns? Right. So he, he has, like, this dumb, like, you know, oh, it's a Walther PPK. It's like, no, that's a bad gun for so many reasons, and that really annoys me as a firearm enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, uh, oh, he had a Sten gun. <laughs> yeah, no shit. It's, it's like... Okay, let's let's have a Webley revolver while you're at it, fucking James. <laughs> Whereas Jason Bourne is not only beating ass because James Bond, I, I guess he fist fights, but he sucks at it. Like Jason mm-hmm. Bourne just fucking beats people up. Like it's it's fun. I mean, they're realistic looking fights with Jason. Well, the reason they went with Daniel Craig, I'm sure, is because they wanted to be a little more, like obviously Jason Bourne influenced them a little bit. Oh, um, for sure. 
Yeah, because he's he's much more of like a, like a, a more physically strong mm-hmm. guy. He's pretty imposing compared to you know the previous. Yeah, if they if if you if you lined up all the James Bonds and had them like fight in an arena, Daniel Craig would just murder all of them. I, I, I wouldn't put Sean Connery out of it, but yeah. Like yeah. Sean Connery in his prime was probably just like a savage of a human being. Well, that's true. Like, uh, I think we've t- told the story before of uh, it's so it's so appropriate to both their characters. Um, one time, uh, Sean Connery got into a bar fight and uh, Michael Caine held his coat. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a big <laughs> I like Michael Caine, even even in like the 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 Austin Powers movies, which are mm-hmm. fucking terrible, by the way. Yeah, he he's still good in those. He's fine. yeah. Uh, Michael Caine is is I like him a lot. Very talented. Yeah, he's a fun person to watch on screen. Uh, but uh, I guess that's it for uh, today. Um, it's a rainy day here in Metro Detroit. Hopefully, you're not getting washed out if yeah. you're listening in. Yeah, but, uh, you know, stay safe, stay dry. If you're uh, in the South, you know, stay safe from those fucking tornadoes that you have to deal with now. No shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, tell friends. We appreciate you listening. Uh, oh, you know. oh but, but, but it was actually pretty cold last week, so some asshole on a Facebook was probably talking about how, uh, oh, where's <laughs> your global warming now? Here's a snowball, because I don't understand the difference between weather and climate. All right. Uh, but anyway, so uh, have a uh, have a good week, and we will see you next time. Bye. See you next time.